This has been such an interesting year, starting with June 2023 and continuing to now. I'm beginning to see what God is doing with me to get me ready for the things that are coming upon this earth, which will bring disaster to most people. It's not at all like you would think God would do. But I believe with all my heart, these are things God has shown me to do. At first, I didn't realize what we were doing. But I just kept following that which the Holy Spirit showed me to do. And where he was leading me to go, doing what God was showing me to do, to get ready for that which I know is coming. You're going to need to look at the writing on this podcast, for we have put pictures to show you these things. It's not at all like you would think. In mid-June 2023, God began working with me on these things. First, I need to be sure you understand that in 1975, when I was born again, God told me to get out of debt and stay out of debt, which I have done since 1975. So I don't owe anybody anything. God has caused me to move from the house I had in Texas and sell that house. And I live with another member of the body of Christ who owns her own home. And I give her every month $1,000. She doesn't want that $1,000. She doesn't want any money. But I give it to her anyway. She has, therefore, more money. And I have more money since I don't have the expense of a house to maintain. She is one of the most scriptural people I've ever met, loving the Word of God, loving the scriptures, following the scriptures, doing that which is honest in the sight of God, telling other people when something's dishonest and refusing to participate with them. And yet she's a mild person. She's really a backstage person. She doesn't ever want to be on camera. She's not trying to impress other humans. She's not trying to get things for herself. Yet she has many things that God has led her to have on this earth. I've never seen anyone live by faith real faith, any more 
than she does. Doing what is right in the sight of God is her goal. So you need to understand that had I been in debt and not followed God, things would not be like they are today. But here's what God is showing me today to get ready for the disasters that are coming on this earth. In mid-June 2023, I saw a picture online. It was the photograph of a desk, a beautiful Victorian-style desk that was yellow, which is my favorite color. It was fun. It made me smile. It made me laugh. If I only had a place to put the desk, I knew that I would buy it immediately with some of my money. I live in one small bedroom in Pam Paget's house in Colorado Springs. I'm 86 years old now. Almost immediately when I saw that desk and thought how I would buy it, if only I had room for it, I heard from God, quote, you could turn half of your closet into space for the desk, end quote. Of course I could. I'm partially crippled. I can't reach the rod in my closet to get clothes. Instead, I've hung a clothes-type hook that you'd put a coat on and other items. I bought that, and I hang my dresses on it because I can reach it. I can't reach a clothes rod. I don't even use the closet. I can't get into the drawers in the closet. I can't reach anything in the closet. It's wasted space for me at this point in life. So God said to me, you could turn half of your closet into space for the desk. I bought the desk immediately and began working through the ideas which I knew to be from God. At the place where the clothes rod is, God showed me to put fringe that are similar to the type of fringe used on doctoral hats at college. It's a little short gold fringe. I got online and typed in gold fringe, and immediately I saw exactly what God had put in my mind from some place in Pennsylvania. I lived in Colorado. I ordered it, and Pam glued it to the clothes rod. I can't walk without a walker. She had to do all the work, which she was capable of, enjoyed in doing. I found stripes that would go on the back wall of the 
closet. I found a beautiful black tile material, a tile object, really, black and gold stripes going horizontal with the other stripes going vertical. And Pam put that on the walls of the closet. I put the desk in the closet. I changed the doors of the closet from the type that fold out and take up space to sliding doors, partially glass. I put a zebra-striped rug on the floor under the desk in the closet and bought a lamp, which stays on continually. When I close the closet doors, which have partial glass in them, light shines into my bedroom. So I put a low-voltage light in that lamp and leave it on day and night. It's absolutely perfect for getting around. Now you can see a photo of that desk that I liked so much that I bought with some of my savings. And it was expensive. I don't know. I think we paid about two or 3000 for it. God didn't show me to put that money back for future, which means I'm not going to need it. I don't have any debt. I don't have any expense. And I have some savings. Most people as they get older are so afraid to spend any money. They live in poverty even when they could have fun and riches around them with their money. But they're afraid to spend it. They have no faith in God. They don't follow what God would put in their heart. God puts his desires for us in our heart. They see something they could afford to buy. it. They don't buy it because they're afraid of the future. They have their own wisdom they're going by. Who put the desire in their heart for the thing? Devils? No, not for us who follow God by the Holy Spirit. For when we follow God by the Holy Spirit, doing His righteousness, His scriptures, loving the Word of God, delighting in the Word of God, God puts His desires in our heart. So when we see that thing, have a desire for that thing, get excited over that thing and have the money to pay for it and money left over and we don't buy it because we're afraid of future. <laughs> You're not following God. See, these people are going to get so evil around us. We're going to have to create our own joy and environment. Feathering our nest for the end times. That's what this is all about. And that's how God is leading me. Now, if I had any debt, 
I would not be led this way. You can't have debt and be free. I mean, you can't even have a mortgage and be free. Your service will be to that mortgage. The wisdom of the world is, well, it's foolish to pay rent. God told me to get out of debt, stay out of debt, and for the next years, I rented an apartment that I could pay every month. At one point in my life, God enabled me to build two apartments on a trailer lot that we owned in the state of New Mexico where my mother was living. My father had died. I knew my mother was going to need help. So I made plans to move from Dallas to this little town in New Mexico, Clovis. I never liked Clovis. I never liked living in Clovis, but I knew it was the thing to do. By that time, I'd lived in Dallas 25 years. It'd gone dead to me. I'd seen it all. Now it was just traffic. I could live anywhere and do the work of God, which I do, which is writing and recording. So I made plans to move to Clovis. At first, I was going to buy a trailer and put it next to my mother's trailer. But I went to look at trailers. I didn't like it. It felt unstable to me. I just didn't like being inside of those trailers. But I don't go in debt. I knew I could pay cash for the trailer. But cash to build an apartment on the trailer lot? It was a small lot. It only housed four trailers. I met a man in Clovis, New Mexico, when I visited my mother, who was a contractor. And he said, I believe I can build you those two apartments for $46,000 each. My dad had left us $50,000 when he died. That's not much money. My mother said to me, what do you want to do with that money? I said, I don't care what you do with it. I was so busy with the ministry at that time. I was going from city to city all over the United States having meetings for the radio audience. I wasn't interested in money. I was busy speaking the Word of God, trying to help them turn to God, doing radio broadcasts, and traveling into their cities and having meetings. I didn't even think about that money until I got ready to move to Clovis. My mother was a very conservative person. She was happy to live in her trailer house. She didn't want jewels. She didn't want diamonds. She didn't want anything. So she took the $50,000 and put it into a savings account that was government insured at the local 
bank. The banker told me after I moved to Clovis, she said, I knew what kind of person you were because you didn't want any of that money. She said, it is so rare for someone to die and leave money and they don't even want it. She said, that's just very unusual. You are very unusual. My mother used to always say, there's a time you need money and a time you don't, and you save the money for the time you need it. Well, I wanted to build apartments for us on that trailer park and convert it into a place we would have two apartments. My mother was going to keep her trailer and put it between the two apartments. I had to get a city variance to let her do that, but they approved it. We lived in a rather lower-class type area of town. There were several older people there who were quite nice to me, but I didn't like living there because it was very noisy. It was noisy because there were many 20-year-old people who rode dirt bikes and raced their dirt bikes. I wasn't happy living there, although the apartments were gorgeous that the contractor built. But I wasn't happy in the neighborhood. They were nice to me, but I wasn't happy. One day I saw a golf course that was about three miles out of town. And they were building houses there on the golf course. That greatly appealed to me because I felt it would be quieter. I couldn't afford to build a house there, but I could buy a lot. There was a lot on the golf course which cost me $17,300, and I had that much money saved. So I bought the lot. I continued to live in the apartment which I had built, and I lived in those apartments for five years. My mother finally moved into one of the apartments, and we sold the trailer, just put it with the savings. She lived in the back apartment. I lived in the front apartment, and there were about 15, 20 feet between us. I had a little pond built, and it was so pretty. Oh, my, it was very pretty. And it had a kind of a Japanese-type open porch, which had put slanted wood on top of to shade it and it was beautiful just beautiful water was running from one end of that area to the fountain area to the little lake and then there was a patio behind the lake my mother lived on one side I lived on the other the noise from the dirt bikes continued I was tormented. 
But I stayed there. Money increased during those five years. I got to the point that I realized I could sell that property, those two apartments, and have cash to build a house on the golf course. The contractor told me he could build a house for $100,000. This was in 1990. For 100000 Well, I felt that I could get 50000 for each apartment. And cash had accumulated from offerings to the ministry. I had the right to build a house owned by the ministry and live in it as an ordained minister and take my mother to live in it, certainly, because that's what ministers do. They, they have a right to that. I wasn't taking a salary from the ministry because I, by then, was drawing $500 a month for personal living expenses from Social Security. I just started getting Social Security. So I didn't have any debt. I had the two apartments. I owned the lot on the golf course. And I had begun saving money. So I put the apartments up for sale. One sold for 55000 I think. And the other one didn't sell. But I could rent it for 400 a month. So I started building on the golf course. And it cost $100,000. I think it was one twenty by the time they finished. My mother and I moved into that house on the golf course. It was quiet, <laughs> as you would expect. I lived on the golf course until she died in 22. I had never liked living in Clovis. I was born in Clovis, but we lived 30 miles north and my dad was a mechanic, and we lived in a very small village called Broadview. Only about 10 houses in that village. I never liked living in Broadview or Clovis. But I did live in those places. And money accumulated wherever I went. Money accumulated. All I cared about was scripture and what God wanted me to do and speaking to the church, writing. That's all I cared about. And things just accumulated. After 10 years of living in the house on the golf course, my mother died. Immediately, I put the house up for sale. Now, one of my relatives said, well, you ought to wait six months to put the house up for sale. That's what the world teaches. Well, I'm not of the world. The week she died, I put it up for sale. I had heard one of the realtors that I played golf with, I heard her say, boy, 
things are really different in Clovis right now. For the first time ever, property has escalated in price. That was before my mother died, a few months before. She said it used to be that if you lived in Clovis and built a house for $100,000, you better plan to live in it for the rest of your life. Now it's just going through the roof. Well, I certainly wished I could sell my house. But I wouldn't do that and move my mother out of Clovis. So, as soon as she died, I called the realtor and put the house up for sale. The house that was built on the golf course for $100,000 plus buying the lot 13000 That house sold for $227,000. I decided to move to Lubbock, Texas and build a house for myself. I put far more than that into the house in Lubbock. It ended up 500000 or so. I paid cash. No mortgage. Because things accumulate if you don't spend money. There's a time to spend money and a time to accumulate money. Ecclesiastes shows us that. Ecclesiastes 3. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. A time to gather stones, a time to get rid of them. A time to live, a time to die. Everything, there's a season and a purpose to everything under the sun. Well, when I wasn't building, money was accumulating. So I built a house in Lubbock, Texas, and lived there 19 years. In the process, I got old. I was 81 years old. I fell and broke a hip the second time in 2018. God showed me I just could not live alone. I would not be able to continue to live alone. And he even put it in my heart to move to another state. Pam Paget had a house in Colorado, and she thought during the years, I wish Joan would move up here. She retired at FedEx, early retirement. Pam is the one I said had more faith than anybody I've ever met and lived by faith and really understood proper biblical principles for living by faith. I even had the thought a few years before of moving to Colorado and maybe I could buy one of the little retirement houses that were near Pam's house. I didn't investigate it. I just had that thought come to me. But now God has shown me I cannot live alone. I was 81 years old. I'd fallen. They operated on my leg. The bone shattered in my leg. They had to put a titanium rod in. I couldn't walk. Pam and I worked together for many years prior to that. I wrote the book. She did all of the technical work in publishing them on Amazon. When God gave me a dream to 
start a blog. She found out what a blog was. I didn't even know really what they were, except I'd seen the movie Julie and Julia, uh, about Julia Child's life, and the young woman was writing a blog. And it was, I watched that movie. I, it's not I saw the food. Pam saw the food when she watched the movie. And I watched the movie, and I saw this young woman writing daily on a blog, and I thought, oh, I would like to do that, but I don't have anything to say. <laughs> so a few years later, God gave me a dream. A young woman was singing, and I said in the dream, that's a nice little voice. And with that dream, I was shown to start a blog. It was a nice little voice. It was a little voice, but it was a nice little voice. To publish daily writings as much as I wanted to write, no censorship, no limitation. And those writings went all over the world instantly. It was a nice little voice. So Pam investigated it from Colorado. I was still living in Texas. She had a blog ready for me to write on within three days. It was so exciting. Right at the beginning, two people wrote us from Germany. I didn't even realize it would go all over the world, like worldwide network. <laughs> Neither one of us realized that. And our church people, we only had about six or seven left from radio. They didn't realize that none of us knew what the Internet was. We didn't even think of Internet. But God put me on Internet to write a blog for the church on Internet. But everything changed through the years. And with the advent of Internet, I was able to exhort the church. And then I began to write books on Amazon which cost us nothing, and they have a free book program, so they would distribute free books upon request. They paid us a little royalty, which went into the ministry bank account each month, but we gave lots of books away. So that worked. After I moved to Colorado Springs, I had a dream concerning going on something called podcast. We started that in February 2020. Coronavirus hit in March 2020. I don't even know what the podcast host charges. I think it's $100 a year. We bought a microphone. I started recording. See, these things just fall in place. At the right time, at the right moment, at the right place. And you are equipped to do the work. Pam can do the technical work. I can do the podcast and the writing. Everything was there. This is how it works. We only have seven people scattered all over the United States, seven who contribute to this ministry. But that's enough for me to have money to pay for the podcasts, and it also is enough money for me to pay Pam a $1,000 a month for me to live in her house. 
which she didn't want any money, but I wouldn't do that. So seven people giving money is enough to keep us going. And then there's one other element that we had, the house in Lubbock. By moving to Colorado, I could sell the house in Lubbock, put the money into savings account to use as I was shown. We are really exceedingly wealthy and prosperous. Pam's house is paid for. She doesn't have a salary. She has a small retirement from FedEx. She retired early from FedEx. I have no retirement and no salary, but I have some Social Security. It started at $500 a month, and gradually through the years it grew to $900 a month. I have no expenses. Money accumulates. I stay out of debt. I don't pay for anything by payments. I don't buy anything I can't pay for. And I have everything in the world around me. If you look at the first page of this writing, I've shown pictures of things that God has led me to do. I know things are going to get very bad on this earth. I know it's going to be incredibly bad even before the great tribulation comes from God. What's going on is absolutely horrible. The debt, living as nations in debt, having really no money, just printing false money and going deeper into debt. I know people are just getting worse and worse and worse. Not only do I see it, but Paul said that would happen in the last days. Integrity deteriorates. Haven't we seen that? Listen to the politicians a little bit. Look at what people do. Honesty, integrity, you rarely find anyone with integrity. Well, isn't that what Paul said would happen? Second Timothy chapter 3, Paul says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, Abortion, who kills their own child? Mothers killing their own child. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, fierce, going into Uvalde Elementary School and killing 19 people without any reason. Despisers of those who are good. Traitors, heavy, high-minded. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Churches that don't even speak real scripture today. They go another way that approve all types of sin and never mention sin. Because they want big crowds and they want offerings. I went to a dinner at Texas Tech University when I lived there. We had assigned seatings at the dinner. 
There was a man that I was assigned to sit next to. He was wearing the largest wooden cross around his neck I've ever seen. I thought, "Uh uh-oh. There were about eight people at a round table that I was assigned to. This man began to talk, and he said, I'm former pastor of Indiana Baptist Church. And he said, we have such a problem at the church. Everybody at the table, of course, looked up wanting to know what the problem was. He said, we have so many people coming to our church, we can't seat them. We have expanded the church auditorium three times, and we still can't seat the people. And I said, well, if you would speak what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, you wouldn't have any trouble seating the people. And I quoted by memory Matthew 5.32. Jesus said, Whosoever shall put away his faithful wife and marry another, committeth adultery, and causeth her to commit adultery if she remarries, and the man who marries her will commit adultery. If you taught that, They'd get up and leave your church, and you'd have plenty of room to seat the people. He gasped. I fled. There's no way I was going to stay for the meal and sit by this man. I just left the building without eating. Churches have fallen away from Scripture and become opposite to Scripture, Antichrist. Paul said that would happen. He said that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that Jesus would not return unless first there was a falling away and that man of sin was revealed. Antichrist, who sits in the congregation, in the church itself. And God said to me, the falling away spoken of by Paul, it wasn't people leaving the churches. It was the churches leaving the scriptures. That's what we see today. Oh, they don't leave all the scriptures. They have some. They just leave the scriptures that would offend anyone. They leave the scriptures that tell about homosexuals and lesbians and God's view of homosexual lesbian. They leave those the scriptures because they would offend homosexuals and lesbians who come to their church. What do those scriptures say? Romans chapter 1, we'll read three of them. Romans chapter 1, we'll start at verse 25. Concerning homosexuals and lesbians, Romans 1, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, 
and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's God's view of homosexuals and lesbians. He turned them over to do vile affections. Can a homosexual be saved? Absolutely. If they agree that homosexuality and being a lesbian is a sin against God, and they repent, and they stop doing those things, and maybe warn other people not to do that. The woman taken in adultery in John chapter 8 was brought before Jesus, and he said to her, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. You can't continue in your sin. You have to know it's a sin and stop it, and turn to God and love the scriptures. And you're saved. You're born again by God, given the Holy Spirit to live by. So you see, the church is turned away from scriptures such as these. I've never heard this scripture read at a church. I've never heard it read. Perhaps you have, but I haven't. I've never even heard Matthew 5.32, the Man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. I've never heard that read at a church. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11, Paul says, It's a commandment of the Lord, let not the wives depart from their husband, but and if they depart, let them remain unmarried or return unto their husband. I've never heard it read. Jesus said, If a woman remarries after divorce with that living husband, she commits adultery. If a man remarries after divorce, he commits adultery. If he divorces a faithful wife, he's a part of her adultery. She commits adultery upon remarriage, and he caused it. These are scriptures from the Holy Bible that each of you should know. Do you? They're not taught at your church, probably, if you attend a church, because they stop teaching these things. That is the Antichrist and the falling away of the end times. So, of course, not only are we going through churches that we can't find to go to because they won't go by all of the Bible, only portions of it that please men do they go want to go by because they'll get more money i even heard preachers when i was doing ministry work in churches i heard preachers say they and their wives prayed for god to send them baptist to their church because baptist already knew how to give money there's so much evil inside churches that it's just sexual sins rampant I know because I had more men approach me for sex in churches than I ever did in the world. One of them was a deacon in a Baptist church. One of them attended my own church that I was going to at the time, Word of Faith. He said he was a prophet. We had gone to a church meeting together. He came in my apartment for coffee. 
I was fixing the coffee. Joe was in the, the living room. I came out of the kitchen. He was standing there completely naked. He tried to have sex with me. I broke away and fled and stayed in my car till I saw him leave my apartment. I left my apartment unlocked with him inside it, naked. When he drove away, I ran back into the apartment and locked the door. That's in churches. So how is God showing me to live today? Can't go to church. I often say to God, oh, I wish, surely, there was just a little church I could go to. But every time I try, the preacher preaches something wrong. I've heard it too many times, something wrong according to the Bible. The preachers lie. When I called one to say, where is it in John chapter 8 that tells that the woman was brought before Jesus naked as you taught last night? Where is that in the Bible? And he said, I I can't remember. I said, well, now, I was at your service last night because I'm looking for a church to attend. Where is that in the Bible? I really need to know. Would you please look it up and tell your secretary and have her call me because I need to know where that is in the Bible. He said, all right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Well, I was looking for one to go to. That's why I was at his church the night before. Another church I tried to go to. And the preacher preached that Sarah and Hagar were half-sisters. I couldn't find that in the Bible, so I called him the next day. And I, I said, where is that in the Bible? I can't find it. He said, I can't remember. He said exactly the same thing the other preacher said. See, People in congregation are sitting there dead. They're asleep, or otherwise they would be asking their preachers, why aren't you preaching about sin? Where is that in the Bible that you preached? Well, that's what I did. I wasn't hostile. I went to them with a question. I have a right to know where it is in the Bible, what they preached. That's Antichrist in the churches today. That's what Paul said would happen before Jesus returns. And the evil will get worse and worse, said Paul. Men deceiving and being deceived. It won't get better, it'll get worse. That's what Paul says. Second Timothy chapter 3. So what do we do? Amazingly, what God has shown me to do is take some money from the sale of my house in Texas and buy a car that I can ride in without pain, a comfortable car. He's shown me to fill my house with things that make me laugh, things that I enjoy, things that are fun. Basically, get away from the evil, get away from the people that are doing evil, speaking evil, and live in joy. Joy of the Word of God, joy of physical things on this earth, 
fun things. That's what he's showing me to do, to prepare so that I will be surrounded by joy, overcome because I'm not doing those things. I'm not watching those movies. I watch old movies that were made in 1940 and stuff like that that are fun, that have glamorous people in them. I'm sure they were committing sins, but they were lighthearted fun and had a certain morality, which is gone. Politicians getting up and saying they want to be a dictator? Destroy democracy? Other side arguing with them? There's no hope in politics. Both sides are corrupt. You can't have hope in governments of men, in these people. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. My prayer over Donald Trump was that he wouldn't push the button and cause a nuclear war. My prayer over Joseph Biden is, I pray for both sides, the Bible says to. It didn't say to vote, it said pray. Pray that we could live in peace. I pray that Biden doesn't get crippled trying to walk across the stage. It says pray for your leaders, not vote for them. But humans say you have to vote. No, 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 no. The Bible says if you approve someone who's committing a secret sin, you become part of their sin. And you're going to go out and approve politicians and wear badges to say, I voted? That's just the way of the world. No, you're not going to be blessed in some of the other things like you read me being blessed. I'm following God in Scripture and telling you to avoid sin and return to the Bible. Well, read the writing that I have put on the page that goes with this instruction. You might see some things that explain to you why there's the fierceness today. But how are you going to live? You must live in victory. Overcoming through God, being able to pay, not dependent on governments of men, and above all, surround yourself with others who follow God and understand faith and believe the Word of God. You won't find many, and you sure won't find them at church. They believe. Because they went to church, they're good people. While they go out and commit sins, they have fallen away from the scriptures. They just want to look good to other people. I saw a television program not too long ago of Mr. Biden sitting on a concrete bench and cameras were on him, but no people were around him. And he was trying to practice crossing himself because he's Catholic. And I, I'm telling you, he put his hand on his forehead. And then I saw him think, and he began moving his hand down. And then he began thinking, do I go right or do I go left with my cross? And there's no power in it anyway. It's not in the Bible to cross yourself. 
There's no power of God. That's just something taught by churches. Well, that's what God has taught me. And right now, don't put yourself around church people who trouble you. If you're following God, they will trouble you. Live joyously, victoriously, happy. (laughs) I've got pictures on this that I have surrounded myself with things that God showed me to buy that bring me joy. I've still got money saved from the sale of the house in Texas. But I didn't spend all of it. But I spent a good portion. And I don't regret one thing I've bought because every time I get in the car we have, I say, oh, This car rides so well, I just can't believe we have it. It was paid for with some of the money from the sale of the house in Texas. You don't see me begging you for money. We have never had a single offering from anybody of 1,400,000 downloaded our blog. That in itself shows you something, doesn't it? I don't ask for offerings. And you have to beg them and extort money to get them to give offerings? And you think that is a church person? When I was at church, I was so grateful to God. You didn't have to beg me to give money to the church. Even then, I doubled the offering. I would go to church expecting to give one thing, and nearly every time I doubled it because I'm so grateful to God for what he did for me. Boy, we have got a mess today. Over a million four hundred thousand downloaded our blog and eighty eight thousand have downloaded our podcast, and not one penny has ever been given. I don't beg you for money. I don't need your money, and you want to give to someone who's corrupt and needs your money, and they need your money because they're corrupt. <laughs> what a mess. Surround yourself by things that make you laugh, things that make you smile, things that cause you to say to God, I just can't believe you let me buy that. This is wonderful. Don't spend all your money and and don't live in debt. That's the worst thing you can do. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today. There's a lot more to say that you need to hear, and I will If God willing, and if I'm living on this earth, I'll be speaking to you. As a matter of fact, I'm really hoping that we can drive to parks around the area and I can have a portable microphone and speak to people at parks. Even though I barely have enough time and energy to do these podcasts, and sometimes it's cutting it really close for me to get a podcast made at 86. But I love the church. I want to share with you because I have things of God that he's showing me to do to prepare for horrible times that are going to come upon this present earth. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.